this is honestly what works like magic. It's quick. You don't need to overthink it. You don't need to hire a videographer, a photographer. All you need to do is just grab your iPhone and put the clothes on you and do the videos. So for fashion boutiques, this is the hack. You're listening to The Liftoff Show, the podcast for ambitious e-commerce entrepreneurs, helping you increase sales, profits, and build a powerhouse brand fast. I'm your host, Austin Lovell, and welcome to the show. G'day and welcome back to the Liftoff Show. Now, in this episode, we've got a very, very special guest. We've got Vash here. Vash, do you want to jump in, give a quick, you know, two-minute intro on who you are, what you're up to, and, you know, where you come into the whole e-commerce space? For sure, for sure. So my name is Vash. I'm from Czech Republic. Now I've just returned after six months of traveling, um, and I run advertising agency for e-commerce specifically fashion brands called fashion dizing um so what we focus on are fashion brands and fashion boutiques specifically in canada us australia and our sole goal are not clicks not impressions our goal is to get purchases so to increase the revenue of our clients for sure now i think it's really exciting why i was keen to chat with you today and have you on the show is because of that unique focus on fashion and fashion boutiques and when you look at a lot of agencies they're you know more e-commerce broadly every kind of niche from supplements to apparel to fashion to jewelry everything in between but you've sort of picked that one niche of fashion boutiques why is that i'm just genuinely curious to know yeah so so to be honest at the beginning i was just going after a very broad spectrum so uh, we work with food companies we work with tech companies we work with cosmetic brands but we started to have few fashion boutiques especially for women and that's where we really enjoy working with those owners it was really fun i felt like we are one team it's not like very formal relationship it was like hey do you want to come over to canada we can do barbecue together and i was like wow i would love to work with these people and we got we become better even my team members started to better understand the fashion industry and we were like okay now we have i believe it was around 10 clients back then in fashion specifically and we were like wow we are getting good results and if we niche down we will be able to provide even better service which is our main goal for for our clients and that way we just say okay let's do it and now all the efforts we are doing we focus on women's fashion brands and fashion boutiques I love it. I love it. So let's dive into the nitty gritties now. I think obviously you're focusing on Facebook ads. And if we talk about ad buying for fashion boutiques, you mentioned before when we were chatting, it's more of a launch model. It's more so there's a new release, there's a new season, there's a new line of products that come out and then they're very, very quickly snapped up and they sell out quite quickly. So what does the ad strategy look like for fashion boutiques in particular? Yes. So this was very, very difficult at the beginning because we were used to like running ads for, let's say, top three products that the client could restock either fashion brands, nor normal fashion brands, not boutiques or other industries we work with. But then we started working with fashion boutiques and they say, hey, we are launching at 8 p.m. So we created ads and in two days, the stock is gone and they can't restock. There is another new arrivals. Certain clients have new arrivals every single day or Monday to Friday. So it's a lot of content, a lot of uh, kind of ad buying. And this is why we need to put more attention to every single client. And we need to close uh, work with them very closely because we just can't afford to run ads, for example, for a week, because very likely these products will be sold out. 
So how we started to tackle it was first one, leading people to categories. So let's say that a client releases dress that we would like to run ads for. But if we run it specifically to the product page of the dress, we know that in two days, I, or we need to constantly check if it's not sold out. Because if the, if the potential customer clicks on the ad, when it's sold out, they will be mad because they want the dress, they come to page that is sold out. Uh, so we started to lead them to category dresses. And this was a big step that helped us a lot. Even though the dress they were they saw an ad for is sold out, they will still see another maybe 15, 20 that they can choose from. So, so this was kind of first thing that was big change, which instead of leading to product page, to categories. And second big one was content-wise. Because, for example, from different industries, we were used to that they did photo shoots. So professional photo shoot, they will get 10 amazing photos or videos, and we could run them for weeks, if not months. But with this, because it was so fast, they mostly either get just stock photos, let's say from the designers, they were selling the clothes, which was kind of, which wasn't really building the relationship because most of the fashion boutiques, they have a face. So there is a lady, mostly the owner, who is doing the stories on Instagram and stuff like that, building relationship. So having some stock women is not the best. So we were finding ways with the client, how we can make it effectively. And what we've noticed that five to 10 second videos work the best when the client makes it on their iPhone. So they don't need any professional equipment. They don't need anything. All they do is the model or the owner, they walk towards the camera and do the spin. So quick spin in some, let's say the dresses. It takes seven seconds. The quality is not the best, but people are allergic to ads, right? So if they are scrolling Facebook and they see super professional model, they're like, oh, that's an ad. They keep scrolling. But if it's like iPhone quality, and if it's kind of five second video, a girl smiling, they will be, isn't it my friend? Or who is that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so they pause to watch it. And, and this is what was a win-win because first it's getting great results to us. And also it's quite easy for the client to record it even when they have 10 new arrivals. Mm. No, I think that's, it's super interesting. The fact that you said that they're allergic to ads and I've never put it in that way, but it does make sense. You scroll through, I think it's every fourth post on your feed is now an ad, which is ridiculous. And you're scrolling through and people are obviously there to consume content, not ads from brands. So I think it's a really interesting way to do it where you get them to shoot seven seconds, seven to 10 seconds on their phone. They're not going to say no to that. It's super easy. And you're just removing all of that professionalism from it, but they still work so well and when did you start noticing that did you initially run like higher production value ads for some of these brands and it just didn't work and then you went to this new style or has it been pretty much from the start you're always looking for native real style creative yeah so we were kind of as i said there was the stock photos and we were we need new ones but we understand that the most of these owners they are super busy they have still a team but they still manage a lot of things buying new clothes new arrivals and stuff like that so we were like okay what works really well are short videos nobody's going to watch two minute video um especially for clothes so so we were like okay let's keep it shorter and one client came up with this when the model went towards the camera did spin and we started running it and it started to work really well so from that point onwards, we told it to all of our clients. 
And this is, I believe, biggest advantage of clients who work with us is they say, Vaj, you are giving us insights. Because a lot of people need guidance on content. But if I work with cosmetic brands, fashion brands, food brands, I wouldn't be able to have these insights. I would kind of just guess. But now, because we have all fashion clients, so if one is absolutely killing it, we can then actually help the other brands to implement it to their business. Um, so it was a little bit coincidence. We initiated by the length of the video, but the style of the video on iPhone was initiated by our first client who, who has now been with us past 15 months. Awesome. Awesome. And let's break it down to the brass tacks. Like for when you're telling a new client, these are the kind of videos we need. What do you say to them? Do you need it 10 seconds? Do you need it vertical? Do you need some sound? Do you need them to literally just walk up to the camera, do a spin, and then that's it? You know, just so we can really break it down. And I guess anyone that's listening who can now go and do this ad type and start using it, what do you tell them? For sure. So what I tell them, you need clean background. So you definitely don't want to do it in a messy room, but most of these clients have warehouse where they mostly have already a room for quick photo shoots or where is at least wide wall or maybe even logo uh, back at the wall. And all they do, literally, they grab their iPhone, they put it like this, and then just the model walks in, they know how to walk, um, and then do quick spin. Sometimes it's four seconds, sometimes five seconds, doesn't really matter, but um, less than 10 seconds work for us the best. And this is honestly what works like magic. It's quick. You don't need to overthink it. You don't need to hire a videographer, a photographer. All you need to do is just grab your iPhone and put the clothes on you and do the videos. So for fashion boutiques, this is the hack. And then you can use these videos on your Instagram or Facebook on organic posting. So, so it has multiple, multiple kind of usages. No, I love it. I love it. It's so easy, so simple. And I feel like anyone can really do it. I feel like there's a big perception around ad creative. I think it's getting less now where people realize it doesn't have to be ridiculously professional. It doesn't have to be shot on a $10,000 camera just to convert well. People can shoot it on their iPhone and it's going to get a really good return most of the time. So no, I love it. And now we sort of change gears. I think this is a hot topic and I know everyone has their different opinion on it. And that's iOS 14. How has that affected your clients, the brands that you're working with? Has it been a huge change or is it still pretty much smooth sailing? You know, how's it affected them? Yeah. So the, I don't know when it actually happened, but like in the past two weeks, it was a little bit more impactful, but not in terms of like the client's revenue. It was mostly the reporting in the business manager. So for example, our client hit the biggest month last month, even though on the ads, we had the worst results past in the past six months. And she didn't do anything differently. She was keeping organic sales past 12 months around 40K per month. That was her organic. And we were mostly bringing around 200K. And now she, she hit his record month over 300K, but the system was reporting less. So, so this is what we've noticed like biggest change. Then second change was in the retargeting. Because now in previously retargeting, let's say abundant carts, abundant checkout, was like uh, low hanging fruits. Like you could get a lot of money from it for the clients for a low budget. But now, because I think I read some, somewhere that 80% of people already opt out. So 
currently Facebook can't track it. So the retargeting audiences starts to do like underperform or starts to, to drop. Um, and how we tackle it, we use UTMs with Google Analytics, which gives us more information at least. It's still not perfect, but I believe that Facebook to continue operating because their revenue, large portion of their revenue comes from ads. And if we are not able to advertise they're successful and nobody will be there advertising. So we are very hopeful. The biggest thing we could do or the most helpful was informing the clients about this, what's happening. And we are now measuring kind of the overall picture, which is also revenue from the store and all these things, because even though on Facebook, we could be kind of turning off the ads because they seems like they are not performing as we want, even though they're getting great results for the clients. So currently kind of waiting what's going to happen, but tackle it so far with UTMs and Google Analytics. I think that's a really, really smart strategy. That's I think that with iOS 14 changes, and I think it's similar to like the GDPR changes that happened. Everyone had this initial period where they're freaking out, they're running around, everything's on fire, everything's going bad. And then you start to, it starts to stabilize. People realize there's ways around it. There's ways to combat it like UTMs and utilizing Google Analytics and just putting a bit more effort. And do you feel like changes like this really... I guess, get rid of some of the advertisers and the agencies that don't really know what they're doing and just give way to the ones that really are on the money. They know what they're doing and it allows them to do what they do best. Do you feel like it sort of filters out the people that aren't up to it? Yeah, that's a great point. And I believe so because I truly believe that everybody is scared you should be greedy. So for me is now I'm getting more clients than ever because I know those other agencies that either had no idea what they were doing or kind of just dabbling, I know now they will get scared, their clients will leave them, they will probably say it didn't work out for me. But for me, I know that we will find a way. Like this is not something that Facebook needs to figure out and we need to figure out. So we are constantly looking for ways to make it happen. And even if we need to shift to another platform, which could happen, nobody knows, we will just because we know now marketing a lot of people know facebook ads but we know marketing so even if we shift to pinterest for example uh, we still know what works we know how the fashion women are thinking what are their desires their fears how to appeal to their emotions so that's why i'm very confident that everybody's scared i'm still very confident in myself in my team in our abilities that whatever comes we'll figure it out. No, I love that. I love that. And before we finish up, the last one I wanted to ask you was, say there's a fashion boutique listening, someone that's you know running a, an apparel brand and they're looking to scale up and they're starting to think, okay, maybe an agency is going to have to help me with this. Maybe I'm going to take it to that next level. What are some of the things that you think they should be asking those agencies when they're having those conversations? Because it's quite easy on a sales call and you'll see it a lot of the time. You can really mislead people and there's some horrible stories of people going on these calls, getting promised the world, and then they get delivered nothing because they were hiding behind all these false promises. What would you recommend to people that are chatting to agencies? What are the questions that they really have to be asking now to make sure that they choose the right agency, the right partner? Yeah, this is a great question. And there are multiple points I will touch on. And I believe this will help people massively because there are unfortunately a lot of people who over promise under deliver but still keep the money for example 
for example, with two clients, when it didn't work out, especially we had swimwear brand and COVID hit in US beaches closes. So we, for example, returned them money because this is how I think business should be done. So to avoid these horror stories, there are a few things. First one, people should be always asking, are you live results? Because now getting screenshots of results is so easy to get. Like, even though you don't know Photoshop, you can do it quickly. You can download it from Google. So making sure that the people who you speak to will show you live results. And especially if they, for example, you are from Australia and they work with US brands as well, there is no excuse for them not to show you some US, even the name of the brand. I, I get it. Let's say if I was talking to US brand, I wouldn't show them, let's say, US brand who is in similar location, for example. But if they're overseas, then I want to give my, my potential clients the name so they can even look them up. Um, so definitely live results is a huge one. Second one, which is more subtle, is really understand how they're speaking. Because they can like be bullshitting you, but the body language will tell. So if they're like nervous, if they kind of, when you ask them a difficult question and they just, yeah, yeah, we can do it. I, I would know that this guy is just talking nonsense. So this is kind of more subtle hint. And third one is always don't ever listen to somebody who promise you certain results. So let's say if you say, hey, can you deliver for return on investment? Um, if they say yes, then leave the call. Because nobody can promise it. I had almost identical brands to one, we get six, to this very similar brand, we get half of it. So you can't ever tell because there's so many moving parts that play a role that we can never promise like certain results that we will be able to hit, let's say, for return on investment. So if they, you ask this question, they say, yeah, yeah, we can do that. Be very, very aware. So these would be the three tips when you are choosing uh, an agency. For sure. No, I think those are extremely valuable ones. And I think for anyone listening, I think it's just the willingness to ask those questions and not feel just because they're an agency that they can div deliver results because not all, all agencies are made equal. You know, there's people like Vash that are they're doing it right. They're open to transparency. And I'm seeing a lot of agencies now stop. You know, they're, they're starting to fall away because they were never focused on the ethical side from the get-go. They weren't focused on results. They just wanted to get that retainer, grab it, mess around inside of ads in ads manager for a little bit, then just leave. And then you're sort of stuck there with these brands that have these terrible relationships. And let me just one more tip that came to my mind is definitely kind of ask them how they work because everybody has different preferences. But let's say I tell my clients, I don't want to be just your service provider. I hate that. I don't want to say, yeah, we have some guy doing your ads. No, we want to be extension of your team. So meaning that we work very closely. My goal is not to have 300,000 clients. I would rather have, let's say, 30, 40, where we work really closely and they get personal attention. And I believe this is super important because I know your brand is like a baby. So that meaning if somebody just half-assing it and spreading your message in a wrong way, then hundreds of thousands of people have image of your brand, which is not maybe congruent, that the owner wants it. So it's also important to kind of ask them how they work, if they have any support calls, if you can message them and stuff like that. I believe that's super helpful. And it shows that the agency truly cares about the client. 
Awesome, man. Awesome, man. Well, this has been extremely valuable. I hope anyone that's listening can take a lot away from this. And Vash, I really do appreciate your time. It's been awesome to have you on the show. Yeah, thank you, Austin, for the opportunity.